This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. We made it to another Friday. My name is Brianne Hendrickson, and I have the branch manager, Eric Rao from Comstock Investments, today for the Friday wrap-up. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, how's it going this afternoon? Good. So let's go ahead and dive in. We thank- are in a new marketing year, and it's yeah, thank God. this morning. Um, but we'll start with corn. Yeah, so um, really all the grains were showing a little signs of life today. We are wrapping up the prior marketing year. We have September grains in their delivery period and entering the new marketing year ahead of a three-day weekend here. So a lot of a lot of things going on and, and really needed to get past some of these stumbling blocks. And I think kind of we, we've done that market trading quite positive early in the day. We kind of faded a little bit as we moved through the end of the session, but still posted gains for the day. Um, But for the week, still lower, even in the corn market that is really under a lot of stress right now. We finished the the week down six and a half cents at 481 and a half in the December contract. So still got work to do, still down for the week, but that's what happens when you only have really one good day out of the week. So all right, let's talk about ratings coming out next week for the lovely corn crop. Yeah, so uh, condition ratings for both corn and soybeans will come out next week. Uh, I think it's important to keep in mind they will be a day delayed because of the holidays. So we'll see those at 3 o'clock on Tuesday afternoon rather than Monday. Um, weather should dictate lower condition ratings. Um, but this is a time of year where you do see lower corn ratings anyway because the crop is drying down, it doesn't look as good, it's not as green, all of that's going on. But that that aside, we should still see uh, enough of a slough in the conditions that we should see some support in the market by the time we get those numbers, if we haven't already burst on Tuesday, uh, as has been the case to start each week here recently. Talking about lower levels, this is never a fun subject to talk about. The Mississippi River levels, not... (laughs) Yeah. Not looking good again this year. Yeah. So last year was extremely bad. I mean, record low, you know, multi-decade stuff. And we're not there yet. We're still, I think, for the most part, running about three feet above the dire levels that we hit last year. Hopefully, we can stay away from that. But we don't really see any reprieve in the way of rainfall in the foreseeable forecast unless these deferred forecasts kind of come through. But they're not anything you really want to bet the farm on. So We'll have to wait and see how that plays out, but that's definitely been the talk of the bear camp this week and kind of keeping things in check because it does add a lot of freight cost to try to move grain down the river when you can't run full barges, and that's where we're at already. Soybean, what did we see today? Anything happening this past week? Yeah, actually this week uh, we started out the first half of the week quite a bit stronger and that led us to some resistance levels above $14 in the November contract that uh, that that was a stumbling block. We knew if we got back up there, we could see some hedge pressure coming on. We did pushed us back down. We ended up finishing the week about 18 and a half cents lower with the November closing at 1369 and a quarter after being above 14. So, you know, it's pretty quick math. You're over 30 cents off the high at that point uh, to finish the week out. So kind of a mixed bag. Fundamentally, though, soybeans have all the reason in the world to go a lot higher over time. The carry numbers are not there. The weather has been anything but cooperative since about the 10th of August for much of the growing region. 
And so we've, we've got to kind of figure out what's the production going to be like. We already have tight carry. And now we're starting to see questions about demand as we're running about 30% behind last year's export numbers for new crop at this same stage. So crop writing, um, how are we thinking that's going to look? Yeah, well, you can't, you can't think that they're going to improve any. And this is this is the time when the beans are filling pods. And you should be putting some meat on the bone rather than taking it off. And and that's likely what we're going to see is we're going to see flat pods. We're going to see BBs. Uh, I did have one client in Nebraska send a picture in uh, just today of some dry land soybeans. He stripped an entire plant and it was not even a palm full of BBs, uh, you know, something like 15 BB size beans. Uh, and they're in his palm next to a penny for, for a point of reference there. So... Uh, it, it's in the areas that it's bad. I don't think people can wrap their head around just how bad that is. And fundamentally that should be quite supportive. And then, you know, we can talk about, well, we're 30% behind in new crop sales, but we are making up ground this week. We had a daily flash sale every single day, um, starting off Monday with 296,000 tons, Tuesday at 246, Wednesday at 266. Thursday at 132, and today on Friday, another 198,000 tons. You're talking some massive bushels being sold. Most of that was to unknown destination. A couple of those sales were to China. So all of that looks pretty good for the soybeans, but the technicals won this week. We'll see if the fundamentals can win next week. All right. It is a subject that you and I sadly talk about every single time we have recorded. Mm -hmm. This hot weather and drought, it's not... Yeah. I mean, we kind of hit on it earlier with the Mississippi, but what is that doing to harvest? What are we doing that? I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I'm getting early yield reports on corn out of, for example, Southeast Kansas. Um, had a guy cut a field yesterday. Um, he was on the combine all day, said he had really great spots that came up at 120, which was kind of laughable because normally the whole field would go 140. And so he, he's got these great spots where he might've seen the monitor flash a 120 for 20 or 30 seconds. He said, probably going to go 45 bushel on the whole thing. So these, anybody who's banking on the fringe area is kind of making up some of this difference because there was a lot of talk about the rain that Kansas was getting. And even Nebraska had their turn where they were getting some pretty good rains there for a while. I don't think they're going to be making up much ground. Uh, here in Iowa had silage reports um, running anywhere from, uh, on par in a, in a couple of cases, you know, you talk about a couple of counties, um, to 50% of last year's production level. So you take half of, uh, prime Iowa production and, and you're stripping major bushels off the market. And so it, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out and the beans, you know, right now, like I said, they, they need to be putting meat on the bone and this weather is just completely preventing it. We went backwards and even, you know, at my house, I had one really good rain after that last heat wave and that bought us until today. And between the wind that we've been seeing the last couple of days and the heat that we're expecting the next few days, we're going backwards again after this weekend. So it'll be interesting to see just how this is impacted. And when you look at the drought monitor uh, that was just released yesterday, put that monitor up and look at the state of Iowa. There is not one county in the state of Iowa that isn't in some level of drought from border to border and from border to border. So that that's going to have a major impact as we move forward here. All right, let's wrap it up with livestock, cattle and hogs. Livestock markets have been 
tiresome maybe. Um, the hog market particularly, you've got anticipation of a glut of supply coming in the fourth quarter and market participants are really trying to figure out what does that mean as far as pricing. We had for up until two weeks ago, we had a cash price that was far above the futures market. And so there was a lot clinging to the hope that, well, maybe the futures will come up to meet the cash uh, or at least make up the bulk of the difference. And the opposite happened. The cash price just completely slumped for the better part of two weeks now, dropped right down to where the futures market was. So I guess the, the one good takeaway there is that the futures market did its job and it saw the future, but uh, it wasn't what people were hoping for. So that's been that's been a tough deal with with that cash sliding and. And I, I will say that the last couple of days, it seems to be stabilizing a little bit. So maybe we're going to see a short-term bottom sooner than later. Uh, but I, I, I don't look for a very positive hog market until probably second quarter next year. And so the, the timing is going to be the big question. On the cattle, the fundamentals remain strong. Uh, we know we have short supply. We know we've been slaughtering the cow herd. And you, you know, you take away the factories, you're going to take away the product. And so... That's, you know, we've been better part of two years doing that at an incredible rate. Uh, and heifer retention really hasn't started again yet. Now, these pastures are getting repaired. Heifers will be retained. It's just a matter of timing right now. But as long as the, as long as producers can go and sell these heifers for $1,600, $1,800 a head, they're likely to keep doing it for a little while until it's just, you know, undeniable that you've got to start holding back if you're going to maintain the, the business, basically. Um, so cattle still holding their own feeder cattle finished the week, 65 cents higher, uh, front month now is September and they finished out here today at two fifty one eighty five. on the live cattle, a little different story. Cash was, was weak this, this week. It doesn't sound right, but it is, it was soft this week. Let's go with that. Um, and, and we saw a two to $3 slide lower in the cash side on fed cattle. And as a result, we saw the October fed cattle finish the week a dollar two lower at 180.15. So are we seeing a top in the cattle? Not likely. They usually do it very erratically. And this has been a little more methodical. I don't look for this to be a, even a midterm high. We may see a little correction here short term, but uh, I, I think the cattle could probably still run one more time before we see any kind of meaningful chart correction. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode. And enjoy your three-day weekend. <laughs> hopefully, Amen. <laughs> hopefully it's not too hot for everybody. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.